When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Oh, my stomach just made a bit of a noise there, Luke. Apologies. It's uh, the Luke and Pete show. I'm not going to pretend I know what number it is. I'm Pete Donson. And I'm Luke Moore. Stomach. Episode 26. Episode 26. Yeah. We can now legally... I don't know what you can do at 26. You hate Probably, the numbering. Well, I hate the numbering, and I think at 26, um, you, should be allowed to, you should be allowed to do everything, I think. Well, 26 means you can now, to, 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 main, to take this quite boring trope through to its conclusion, <laughs> you can now hire a car, because you've got to be over 25. Do you have to be over 25? I think so, yeah. So if I... My mate, uh, who is as useless as I am at, uh, you know, tasks and um, hand-eye coordination and video games and stuff, he has just recently... Uh, had a like a week's worth of driving lessons in an automatic car. He tried a few in manual, like I did. Yeah. Um, I think I've done ten hours in a manual. How long ago was that? God, probably about three years ago. Okay. I was with my ex. Um, okay. <laughs> and uh, we broke up soon after. What's th- what does that tell you? Um, and you are a terrible driver and lover. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, he, he just passed his test, and I was thinking, I. Have been left behind. I have been left behind, both figuratively. <laughs> to be honest, though, most of my friends can't drive, so I, I'm not that bothered. Well, Pete. But I was thinking, how I'm never going to own a car while I live in the centre of town, so no. um, could I rent a car immediately after I've passed my test? I don't. Th- um, You'd, presumably there'd be a cooling off period. They're not going to just give you a car, I think they? they might ask how long you've had your licence for. And they I might got, have different factors. But yeah. do you know what, Pete? I'll give you a lift, mate. Yeah, all right, no mate. problem. And uh, one thing I would add to the uh, the uh, the idea that we've turned twenty six now. I wish, mm. I wish that were true. Um, is that you could probably go to over twenty five? No, over twenty five is not a fever in Hartlepool. No, a fever. What's fever? So it's a nightclub in Hartlepool, apparently. Have you googled it? It's on Church Street. Now, mate, the Church Street um, pubs and bars change hands so often. There are clubs in Church Street that have a million pound uh, makeover, and they've just put some fire exits in. Right. And I'm using million pound makeover right, yeah. as a substitute for the word money laundering. Um, early, an early effort for your uh, legal problems of, of, of the show. Normally it takes did, a bit longer. Didn't name a particular one, did I? All right, over 25. them. Over 25's <laughs> night in Loons then. <laughs> loons. Is that still there? Mate, that's an over 40s night, bare minimum. Okay, we'll Love have a bit wait, of loons. to wait a bit before they've we can got, get there. They've got one of those really sort of parochial DJs who will just um, talk over the songs, like dip the songs, play half a song and then move on. But he'll just be like talking about people in the actual club. Oh, she's getting a finger in the corner, oh, etc. I'm just saying, that's what she's. That's what they're doing. So they it's, it's really, um, it's really horrible. And that's why you go there. And that's why I DJ there. <laughs> <laughs> so what's been going on, Pete? Um, another another week's passed. We're, uh, we're all a week closer to the grave, and yes. I, I include you, the listener, in that as At well. Twenty six years young, we're closer to the grave. Um, I learned something about you, uh, specifically your missus uh, this week. Oh God. That your good lady is a Cabbage Patch McDonald's doll. Oh yes, that I'm is true. I'm fascinated by this. That is true. Good, um, good spot. So I, I, when I told you that in confidence, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't expect you to bring that to the table, but you have now, so that's fine. This is like when Dot Brown bought a load of sand in and started talking about my wife. Yeah, um, my wife. Essentially, um, uh, our her fam, a couple of members of her family, um, worked for a very long time in McDonald's, and her aunt was a. Um, was in charge of essentially the 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 Happy Meal section mm. of of this is a long time ago 
of it's like late eighties, early nineties. Right. Uh, Happy Meal section of of of, of McDonald's, and um, she was responsible, partly responsible for designing the Happy Meal toys. Yeah. And around that time, they had a tie-in with um with Cabbage Patch dolls. You remember mm. those? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, and um, well, did you just mention Cabbage Patch dolls? There? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Cabbage Patch dolls. And so, um, a very sweet move. Her aunt um designed one after her, and so there's there's loads of them knocking about um. All over the world, really. Do, do you not think that's really weird? Basically, well, your wife, uh, like little versions of your wife on eBay. Well, we've got for the, a couple of quid a piece. They're actually a bit more than that. Oh, yeah, uh, we, premium. Yeah, we've got we've got um, we've got the original template. I don't know what you call it. I think it's a template where you know you oh, must like produce a, something. Yes, okay. The original template. We oh, they've they've painted it up. They've painted it yeah. up as, as the as you would the actual tie itself. And it was presented to to my wife as a gift. Fascinating. We got it in a presentation case at home. So I, I just find that that is. I think weirder than you give it credit for. I think I'm cool. more blown I, away by I it. I think it's cool. And there's one, there's not one that um, designed on her sister as well, her younger oh. sister. So there's a couple of them knocking about. And I think they, and my wife and her sister have... Um, have um, fights. Play yeah. fights. They, they have eBay they valuation wars. Do they? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Have you ever been given like a personalised product before? Um, good question. Yeah, probably from like some terrible PR agency. I got um, oh right, yeah, I yeah, got yeah. a pair of football boots with my name on them. Yeah, that was that was a low point. That's yeah, yeah. for them. Yeah, a low point for them. The, what, how many times have they been muddied? A couple of times, maybe. Do you know what I did? Did I tell you the story about selling what, selling them? What? So I got a few different pairs, and one pair I I I would never used, and mm. um, I think they didn't really. I mean, I don't want to be. I, actually, you know what? I won't won't mention the brand because um, it won't it won't stitch them up. But they didn't fit my feet very well, right? And so um, I sold them. Mm. Not for much, but I just sold them and gave the money to a charity. And, uh, <laughs> what, what are you laughing at? You, well, you, just the way you looked. You did a little look there. You, little, you, you managed to wink without closing either of your eyes. It's because I don't like to talk about my charity work. <laughs> anyway, I uh, and when I, when I was selling them, I noticed that the buyer right. um, on on eBay was based in Southampton. Now, of course, I'm a Portsmouth fan, mm. so I wrote "Play Out Pompey" on some pieces of paper and put them under the soles. That's creepy. So they always have "Play Out Pompey" whenever they use them now. How do you know? What, underneath the soles and stuff? That's hilarious. Yeah, <gasps> they never know. That's naughty. That is like when, wasn't there a Southampton, um, there were some, some builders working on Pompey's Stadium and they they put a, uh, a, a Southampton shirt. shirt inside the wall. I think it's the other way round. Right, okay, uh, but, yeah. And people always say that. I don't know if that's true or not. I, there was a picture of them doing it. I oh, was so. it? Okay, maybe <laughs> so it's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, in the Absolute Radio Main Studio, um, they were doing it up and... The, the, you know, the, these walls get pulled out all the time, so it'll probably last out too. Oh, years, is this about but, the creepy guy? But I wrote, no, no, no that's, that's, that, that had nothing to do with uh, Bauer Media or Absolute Radio. That was another building, Global. Yeah, that was 12 years ago. That, that was like, 12 years yeah. ago. And that, was epi- and that was on, we talked about that in one of the earlier episodes of this show, didn't we? Yeah, I think we did. Because yeah. the guy, he went and delivered the washing machine and there was loads of women, pictures of women on the wall with the eyes cut out. Oh, yeah, that's remember? right. That yeah. rings a bell. Yeah, yeah. yeah but uh, I wrote, um, you know, Peter's cool, NUFC, in the wall. In the wall! So That's, I mean, that is, find that at some point. If you don't mind me saying, that is two quite juvenile and adolescent things to write. Your wife is a doll. Yeah, <laughs> she is. <laughs> She's a doll. In She's more, a real doll. In more ways than one. She's um, an absolute doll. I uh, have a personalised jar of both Swafiga and HP sauce. Oh, you told me about this. Yeah. Well, the Swafiga was given to me by a mate who'd won a competition and he kindly um, gave over his chance to have the word gav written on the side of some suave figure. but um that must have been a wrench room i know right um but uh, i've also got a bottle of hp sauce with my face on it oh, for, okay. it was like a november tie-in when i had to grow a mustache for it have you used it you know what's in a colleague's drawer at work and i th- he's halfway through the bottle and i feel like going come on give me my face back yeah sir because what you could do if you could keep it is it a glass bottle mm. so you could keep, keep it, it. So even when it runs out yeah you could refill it with keep the squeezy bottle one yeah yeah HP sources. Um, our, our, um, I don't know if how far HP source goes in terms of, of its world uh, presence, mm. but I know that our, our cousins and our friends in in America won't necessarily know an awful lot about HP source. No, but I, th- I think you do get it in Australia and New Zealand. But I'm not you sure get about a similar else. Um, when you have Okonomiyaki sauce, which is a kind of sweeter sort of HP sauce uh, that you put on exclusively Okonomiyaki with some uh, mayonnaise. Um, I think it's made by the Cupy Company. Right. Um, the main is certainly is anyway, and uh, that's very HP saucy. So right. I think there's a derivative all over the world. If all you, over the world. I'd love to know the most far-fetched place that you, the listener, <laughs> have consumed or even just seen a bottle of HP sauce, and and also the um, the relevant price price point. Price it, point. There'd be a lot of exports usually, I expect. So mm. uh, hello at lukeandpeachshow dot com uh, for that. For that. Do you know where I'd really like to go, Luke? Go on. Greenland. I wouldn't There's mind nothing it. there. There's nothing there. There's apart from yeah. Canadians and oil riggers. 
you, and is it, is it not is it a principality of Denmark owned by Denmark maybe is I it, think it's it's Den- Danish territory I think what is the what is the place where they do um, we're going to have so many dull emails about that yeah <laughs> I'll actually Luke yeah um, is, aren't they, uh, isn't it Greenland and Denmark where they do that thing where they um, keep replacing each other's flags and they uh, leave a bottle of vodka or something oh that rings a bell we heard about that mm. I feel like that was somewhere in Canada though yeah, maybe. Well. But Green, Greenland would be cool. There's not much going on there, I don't think. But well, it's just, it's, what I've heard, um, the, you know, all of nightlife, Luke, uh, the nightlife is just people getting sharted. Well, I bet it is. That's, the whole, your, that's your whole life. I know. But you could also, if you went to Greenland, I, I feel fairly confident you could um, find the Greenland shark, right. which is a very important species of shark for lots of reasons. Mainly because I think that it was only discovered re- very, very recently um, and scientists um, also discovered that, um, based on samples they took, that they're, they're astonishingly old. Mm. I think some of them might even be the high hundreds of years old. Right. And they're all apparently blind. They, oh. Every single one of them has got some sort of... Um, Nose injury. No, no, no. It's like, an, it's like an infection between... Yeah, that might be a, that might be a knock-on effect, <laughs> but it's like an infection or some sort of parasite on their eyes. Right. And so I think because they swim so deep, they don't really need them. Right. So okay. anyway, there'll be loads ah. of people out there who know loads more about Greenland sharks than I do, but they're a fascinating uh, species. Since, since uh, the Luke and Pete show started, they've discovered a new um, primate, which is incredible, a new, um, ah. a new ape. Right. We've got the lesser apes, we've got the gibbons, and we've got this new, uh, this new kind of uh, orangutan. What, in uh, Borneo? It's one of the Bon. I think it's Bonnier. There's two kinds, or there was two kinds: Bonnier, uh, um, Sumatran, and yeah. now there's a third one as huh. well. And I can't remember which um, uh, which population they've taken these out of. So basically, what what? So these are incredibly endangered. There's only 500 of them in the world now. But they've decided um, that they're different enough. That to they're not different be that. enough. It was like yeah. when the bonobos were discovered in the 1920s. But it's yeah. the first um, discovery of an ape since 1929 or something like that, which is incredible. And th- and these things, and they've only just reclassified them. Um, they've got slightly fuzzier hair and slightly smaller heads, and they okay. decided that they're different. But the problem is, by taking 500 uh, of the population of either Sumatrans, <laughs> the others or are now really endangered. Yeah, the yeah, others okay, are now right. more endangered than they thought. Yeah, and, that, and, and I suppose when people hear stories about new species <laughs> of primate being discovered, they think, "Oh my god, it's like it's, it's like bright blue, and never yeah, ever yeah. seen it before." But it's it, what tends to happen in evolutionary terms is that they're just very slightly different yeah. from from the existing mm. species, right? Yeah. Okay. Right. It's still good, though. I mean, it's fascinating. I mean, yeah. that never happens. It literally yeah. never happens. Like it, last year, last time was uh, under just under hundred years ago. Because it always like it always really blows my mind whenever you hear about like you watch. And, I, and by the way, we should mention that um, uh, Blue Planet Two at the moment is absolutely amazing. That that app. Yeah, everyone's been. Uh, have, you, have you not watched it? I've yet? not watched a single. I've watched a lot of Taze, Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, I said that sometimes. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly not to yeah. you, sunshine. Yeah. No, I always watch it. Um, <laughs> but the uh, it's been fantastic so far. But those types of programs, um, the voice, the Attenborough voiceover, which is obviously this completely iconic thing, and he's the, you know, the godfather of TV and all the rest of it. But when he sometimes says stuff, you think, can that be true? And, it's, and obviously it is true. Mm. But they said that about the lemmings, and it was all a Disney ruse. It was exactly. But the great, um, and the same with the, with the ostrich, which never actually buries its head in the stands. So oh. That's not that's not true either. But what I was going to say was, you'll be like, so they're talking about penguins, and they'll show like an emperor penguin. And, it was, and I'm, I'm making this up, but you understand the principle. Oh, yeah, and the emperor penguin is one of 5,400 species of penguin. You're like, can, can that be true? I mean, can that down. be true? Yeah. Cut it down. Oh, like, oh, like, oh, like, this tree frog is one of 42,000 yeah, yeah. species. I mean, I mean, the penguin is, uh, I mean, what it says the penguin is, it's a penguin. Isn't it? It, lo- it looks unlike any other um, flightless bird. So you yeah. to do sort of go, well, just class them all together, penguin. Yeah, but it's fine. It's going to have no bearing on our lives. But Ricky Gervais says in this, one of his stand-up things once, he says he wonders whether scientific research and funding and stuff is really based on that. So it's like, oh no, this is actually a new species <laughs> and we need more funding to, to learn more about it. <laughs> they painted it. Or well, that's, yeah. well, that's my disappointment of, of uh, how little uh, gibbons are studied because they're not as sexy as the gorillas and they're not as sexy as the chimps and, you know, to a lesser extent, the orangutans. Um, yeah, there's, the, 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 the gibbons just aren't studied uh, enough. And, and they're the funniest ones. They they're are the good. funniest apes. Uh, and how different, forgive me at my ignorance on this, and I know they're only, I think they're limited just to Madagascar, but how different are lemurs they're completely different species as well. They're um, well, they're monkeys, but uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're different, aren't they? Because yeah, they yeah. only exist in Madagascar. Yeah, yeah. Right? Well, they've got that long sort of snout, and it's yeah. all. I always use that as a kind of uh, not a parable, but a, a simile for um, people who've been uh, expats is a good example. Uh, if you live in like Hong Kong or um, China, 
and you're just in an expat community, uh, your deficiencies socially never get called out because you mm. you you know you need each other effectively, um, yeah. and uh, you grow into these strange creatures like um, very much like the lemur. They, they had no natural predators, so they just grew into these long nosed freaky animals. Yeah, that's cool. That freaky bright animals. It's, um, and a sort of variation on that thing, I suppose, is the um, the idea of convergent evolution, where you have two different species mm. over completely different sides of the planet. And they've they evolved they've done the exact totally same thing. Well, yeah. yeah, they've evolved completely separately, mm. but their their environmental pressures are in some way similar. So they yeah. evolved to to, um, to 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 develop sim- really similar characteristics. Mm. And I think you might get. I think there's a couple of species of tapir, one in South America, maybe one in Asia or something, mm. who evolved almost completely separately. Yeah, over millions of years. Anyway, I'm probably getting that wrong, but you understand the point. It's, it's fascinating that. I want to say the Malaysian tapir. Is there a maybe. Malaysian tapir? Hello at Luke and P- if you're a Malaysian tape and you're listening, <laughs> hello at LukeandPeteShow.com. They're particularly adorable and, and freaky. Uh, before I joined, uh, before I started working at the zoo, I'd never seen one before. And I was like, whoa, what are these guys? It's a fake animal. It's a f- like, like when... Um, <laughs> you tape two... That's a cutting shot, mate. Yeah, like when you this, tape two together. Like when this first sample of a duckbill platypus was sent back. Oh, right, they just went, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> what are you... Oh, yeah, what at, least you do- make, <laughs> at least make it reasonably believable. What have you melted that bloody beak, <laughs> you idiot? Um, shall we do uh, a couple of emails? Shall we get into it? Where's the it's been? Oh yeah, we did, well we did the it's. We should have done the it's been at the start of the show, really. Let's have an it's been now. It's been. Thank you. <clears throat> Email. I, <laughs> I thought the pitch was good, uh, but the performance was poor. Well then, yeah, do it again. It's been. It's a bit out of tune, but it's. It's been. There, uh, better. Uh, no, because no, it goes in. It's like a. It's like a. It's like a. Yeah, but the second. Dipper. The second half is a bit flat. It's been. Yeah, that was that was the best uh. one. That was the best one. It's not bad. You still got it, mate. Yeah. But don't listen. Don't listen to what all those girls on Tinder say. <laughs> You've still got it. Uh, what were we talking about? What was the one uh, that last was doing? Bumble. Bumble. Oh, yeah. Bumble. We'll both look after Luke. We'll both look after Luke. If he feels sad with mum and dad, we'll both look after Luke. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Um, uh, do you want an email? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I just enjoy saying the word bumble. So bumble. I've, I've got, um, I've got a batch of email, obviously. 
Okay. I've got a really good locked out of the house story, oh, which is quite we'll long. Just get into them. Okay, all right, all right, fair enough. Do a little right, uh, kind you, of you contents, contents of uh, what's in the book. You go for it. Um, hello to uh, Henry in Hampshire. Following on with the chat about uh, Pete wanting a dog but being allergic. This is kind of a public service email in many ways. Yeah. I want to share my own experience of the same situation. I myself am uh, I'm also allergic to dog hair and all other animal hair for that dog matter. Dander. Dog dander. Dog uh, dander. But my girlfriend is a massive animal lover. She decided we were going to temporarily foster a, an ex-racing greyhound until he found a permanent home. It turns out that uh, as long as I wash my hands after every time I've contacted, which is a bit of a pain, uh, Hoover once every few days and keep him off the sofa. I have no reaction to him at all. We've huh. had him for over a year and I didn't spend any money on stupid shit. That's good. So thank you for that, uh, Henry in Hampshire. And he's, I mean, uh, he's attached a picture of Derek Trotter, the X-Racer, for you, you to enjoy, even if it's not a, an audio feature. It's a lovely looking X-Ray round. Uh, yeah, it's that box there. Oh yeah, uh, very nice. Very small. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's not a real, t- real time. Yeah, um, but uh, lovely looking dog. Uh, thank you very much, Henry Hampshire, and, and 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 you know, good for anybody who also has terrible allergies. I can I can perhaps shed a bit more light on that as well. My friend Tommy, if who not talk- hair. No, I can't. I'm not shedding any more hair. No. Uh, my friend Tommy, who I spoke, speak about quite a lot on this show, bless him, lovely chap. Rock on, Tommy. One of my favourite pals. Uh, he is allergic to cats, and right. and he's allergic to nuts as well. And I almost killed him once. But that's a separate story. Um, <laughs> with a, with a- Cat filled with nuts. Maybe I'll come to that like later. Hand grenade. You know, yeah, yeah. Cat I, hand I basically got nut. a massive walnut shell and put a lot of cats in it and then grenade this house. Um, no, he stayed over at mine because we were flying to somewhere the next day quite early. So I said, let's stay at mine. And obviously completely forgot he's allergic to cats and I've got two cats, Magnus and Hercules, official cats of the Luke and Pete show. Mm. Um, any more information you want on those, do let me know. Uh, anyway, um, but we put him in the spare room and the cats like love the spare room. They're always sleeping on the bed there and about, bless him, he didn't say anything because he's, he's polite, but you know what, that British politeness where mm. you're like, no, I will suffer this torturous thing for the next 12 hours yeah. because I don't want to cause a fuss. I kept hearing him sneeze mm. and um, I went into the room. I was like, look, mate, you know, are you struggling? He was like, yeah. So I basically completely changed the bedding. I just killed the cat. Yeah, I, I, I sacrificed <laughs> the cat in front of him and, uh, and, and, he, and he doused himself in the blood. Now he's fine. It's like local honey with, uh, with hay fever. No, and I completely changed the bed sheets and everything. Right. And he said it, it was actually completely fine. So it might be less the cat itself and more the idea of the cat's hair over time mm. just clinging to everything. Yeah. I mean, you could just give him some antihistamine, surely. Up yeah, we didn't, have any. we didn't have any. Oh. Um, we had expired stuff, and he didn't want to take that. But and my downstairs neighbour, who we're very friendly I think, with, I think medicine just got, it, it never really goes off. It just gets less um, effective. Less yeah. effective. I think that's probably right. Yeah. Uh, our downstairs neighbours, who we're very friendly with, um, we go down this downstairs to this for dinner quite a lot, and um, we don't ever they don't ever come up to ours because she, um, the girls Legend. are allergic to cats. Right. So we end up cooking in their flat for them, but in their house. That's weird. That's, isn't it? that's the solution we've come up with. That's strange. Um, uh, somebody was uh, somebody t- uh, t- texted in, emailed in, uh, disappointed that you'd uh, used the phrase "I knocked my uh, neighbour up." Yeah, yeah. I, I see. I can see dirty what they mean. What dirty so, boy? So knock them up means obviously knocked on their door, but it mm. can also mean got them pregnant. So <laughs> yeah, interpret that how you wish. I think mm. we all know what I meant. Yeah. Uh, at the time, but um, just quickly before we move on on the Tommy thing, he's also allergic to nuts, and he came right. over to mine for a curry. I said, look, come over. We'll get a takeaway curry and a couple of beers. You've got to be so careful. Well, I called them up and I said, um, can you let me know the curries that aren't um, mm. that aren't don't contain nuts? And they told me. So we ordered a few. He got tucked into one and had the worst reaction. He was Incredible. in the toilet being sick. It was it was awful. And it's, I, more, it's like the airways um, sort of closing. Yeah, up he's stuff. not oh, that bad. All right. So I mean, if, if I've I've heard of people going to like anaphylactic shock and stuff, which obviously is is literally life threatening. I was watching a dude on the internet um, taking a bullet ant um, sting, uh, which is the strongest. I think it's the strongest um, sting from an animal that small. Um, but it's just a horrible black ant. Uh, How and, big is it? It's probably um, probably about as big as a. It's yeah. a thumbnail, basically, but it's an ant. It's an ant-sized ant. But it's the one that um, like takes you out of action for a day and you're just in pain of waves of pain for Why a day. Why do they do that? He, he's just a guy who goes around checking out all the stings of, um, of horrible animals. On the but internet? On the internet. Uh, the internet's... Com- it's a brave man. It's not brave, is it? Yeah. It's absolutely idiotic. Well, he's just trying it out, isn't he? He's just sort of going, oh, look at this one. And he's just got, like, there's loads of different kind of, was it linen, not linen ant, it was some kind of, um, some kind of ant, uh, and he just, and he worked his way up into a bullet ant uh, sting, which is uh, apparently just dreadful. Uh, there was a guy, there was these DJs, I think, in Australia, they did one where they went into the bloody jungle somewhere, and they uh, put, and this kind of tribal um, kind of test that they do uh, out in the sticks um, is put uh, bullet ants in, like, a glove, 
and you put your hands in it and you just get loads of stings by a bullet ant and it's and it's like you go transcendental kind of oh, okay. mental like okay, right, for, yeah. for, for, for a good uh, few hours uh, but uh, this guy had to have like a sat phone and um, uh, 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 by his side every time and all um, the, the what do you call it like um, epi, epi shots epipen, and stuff yeah, yeah, um, epipen, yeah. all that wacky stuff you must be allergic to some of that sort of stuff no bees no no, Wasps, I've been right? stung by pretty much everything going. With that bullet ant business, if I, I guess if you got an army of those ants and they all started stinging you, presumably your history, that's it? Um, apparently not. Apparently, uh, but, not it, but, it is, but it is just the, the most Painful. horrible pain. I mean, if you've got a weak heart, maybe, but I mean, chances are just climbing up the bloody hill to find them is probably yeah. going to do you in. All right. Terrible. Um, what about this from Greg Sleet, who... Sleet, oh! Who help, helpfully does um, acquiesce to our request for where he's from and what batteries he's got in mm. his, uh, his remote. Uh, he's, from, he's living in Seoul at the moment, so right up your neck of the yeah, wood. Yeah. And he's got some Bexels. And it's actually Bexel he wants to talk about. He says, um, hello chaps, having been ignored repeatedly on the Twitter page, I thought I'd have one more go at shedding some light on the LG obviously the electronics manufacturer, uh, Bexel Connection. Last week I was doing the big shop at Korean supermarket E-Mart. Are you familiar with those, their work, Pete? Uh, I think there actually might be an E-Mart on Tottenham Court Road, or certainly a Korean um, supermarket right. that um, sells all the brands. Well, Greg was in, um, in E-Mart when he happened across a whole rack of Bexel batteries. Recognising the name from the pod, I went on to do a little more research by checking a few more shops. Very, very studious. Um, I discovered that Bexel are the third most available batteries in Korea, behind only beer moths, um, Duracell, and Energizer. Ah. Um, what with LG being a Korean company, it stands to reason they'd use a popular Korean battery in their remotes. Um, I've attached a photo of said batteries. He has as well, a whole rack of them. Uh, when uh, one of the floor assistants saw me taking a photo, she let me know they're on buy one, get one free. 32 AA Bexels for 8,901, or about £6. That's a lot of remote mm, power. Um, P.S. My Chinese remote had a MIDI-MAX battery in it. MIDI-MAX. Yeah, there we go. They're, they're, they're sort of hedging the bets there, aren't they? Yeah, going, MIDI or Mac. Uh, well, MIDI or Mac. Well, let's see, see how we go. Take your pick. Can you imagine? Yeah, okay, uh, two things. Um, uh, recently, I've become obsessed with a uh, meal. I say meal. I had in Seoul once. Um, uh, it was by a street um, a street food uh, artiste uh, who created uh, a meal. You eat out of carrier bags quite a lot. Like They just put this soupy stuff in little plastic carrier bags. And like I'm obsessed with this, this thing. It was like a tomato dish. Um, and these kind of really smooth... What looked like, you know, like anemic sausages you'd get in a tin? You know, yeah, like those yeah, yeah, like yeah, really yeah. terrible um, sausages. Um, but it was just like a kind of pasta, kind of wheat-based kind of pasta. Um, but it was right. these solid sausages in tomato sauce, eating out a carrier bag with a toothpick uh, that I did once. And they were just red hot. And I can't stop thinking about... <laughs> Me eating those. And, and, for good reasons or bad reasons? Well, for good reasons, because they were all right, but they were just very, the actual sausages themselves were quite tasteless. And I was like, and there must be something to pep this up. And then I got run over by that man in the scooter. Oh, uh, yeah. The, the old man. The old man in the scooter who ran you over then tried to offer you 20 cigarettes to not tell the police. Yeah. Did you tell the police? No, I went home and went, ah, my leg. You don't even, sm- you don't even smoke leg. anyway, do you? Say again. You don't even smoke anyway. No, either. it's not a point. Um, you're, you're and eating... I went to the demilitarised zone. I, I don't know. Um, was that rela- they related, those two events? <laughs> no. Um, nice I, little tour, though. I don't think it's made enough of on this show how interesting, and I am going to use the word interesting, your eating habits are. You are, and what, what I would say about you is you're an absolute trooper, so you get ill quite a lot because you eat weird stuff. Yeah. That's but a consistent I, I, theme I, in your I life. I can't stand... Uh, people who you've been in a restaurant, oh, don't like, and I'm eating something mental, mm. and I'll go try this. It's something mental. You don't have to eat it for the whole meal, mm. but try it. Yeah. I'll, you know, it's something something a bit weird. And they go, oh no, no. and I'm like, you're never going to try that again because you're never going to buy it yourself, and you probably don't have people. <clears throat> you perhaps don't have people in your life who are, who are idiots who will happily ruin a meal uh, just for the sake of saying I did something, you know, yeah. novel. I mean, we, your crippling stomach pains, yeah. which are consistent, are a testament to that, I would say. Yeah, but, I mean, I, you know, weeping stomach ulcers probably, uh, you know, nascent in my gut right now. But... but you are a trooper. You do still always turn up to work. And sometimes, <laughs> like, like, like earlier this week, you turned up to work with um, crippling stomach pains and you were quickly struggling. And you got, and you got through it and good for you. Um, but you did turn up with three um, packets of instant noodles, one of which you proceeded to make in the office and eat, which to me, and I'm not a doctor, but to me that's only going to make it worse. Yeah, it wasn't good. But I mean, what I would say is that the noodles did eventually, uh, it, it, they did eventually work. But I was quite offended by the, I was quite obsessed with the actual back of the, um, of the noodle packet, the Kabuto noodles. Mm. And uh, the whole back of it, all the preparation instructions are, 
you know, I'm a, I'm, I'm a Nihonophile. I, I love Japan. But mm. this is just a bit much. I've got a picture here, actually. I, I had it on my camera roll because I took a picture. Um, Kabuto noodles are a delicious combination of authentic Asian flavours and quality ingredients prepared with the skill, dedication and discipline of a samurai warrior. Yeah, stereotypical. Um, and then it's like, remove lid, filter ridge inside pot with boiling water. An opportunity to meditate or practice your karate. <laughs> uh, step two, stir well, leave for one minute. Uh, enjoy noodles and soup straight from the pot. If uh, no ball available, try upside down helmet. Remember, <laughs> remember to stir well, samurai, for true goodness lies beneath. But where samurai, for your noodles will be hot. Yeah. Have we mastered our craft, or should we fall on our swords? Share noodle wisdom on our website. Yeah, dreadful. It's quite racist. Yeah, massively. Yeah, massively. Because still, I'm a dribbling. Still late, isn't it? Still late. They were actually tasteless until you got the bottom, and I realised I hadn't stirred it properly. All oh, right, okay. There yeah. was a pocket of uh, of air, I think. That's always a that's always a problem with the instant noodle. Um, the instant noodle mm. sort of type thing you have to you have to make sure you give it a good stir and also you need to use hot water otherwise it's really crunchy add rice wine vinegar as well it just makes everything just more good Num. tip Num. good tip Num. Um, do you want an email about um, being locked out of a house alright then this from, is your this is definitely your thread wasn't it it's from David David I'm sorry David I mean this is a very specific email so everyone's going to know who you are but I didn't get your second name so <laughs> David says um, this is quite a long email so bear with me but it is a very right. good story well told he says, uh, hi, Luke. Uh, hi, guys. Uh, Luke's story of being locked out on last week's pod, I think it was like a couple of weeks ago now, wasn't it, uh, mm. brought back some quite horrendous memories for me, which is some sort of coping mechanism I feel compelled to share with you. Around 10 years ago, I moved to Brussels for a semester abroad as part of my degree studying French. The university I attended was located in the same square and area as the European Parliament, and so it was quite a well-to-do neighbourhood. Fortunately, the university had special affordable accommodations for students um, near the uni, and so I moved into a place where, uh, while the original tenant was off doing his own exchange semester elsewhere. The place was a small halls-like room with a small kitchen in the corner and shared bathroom with all the other students in the house. It also had a small business occupying the ground floor, which we would walk past on the way up to our rooms. All was well until one fateful Saturday in September, one of my first weekends there. I was enjoying a relaxing Saturday afternoon, listening to the football on the radio and making myself something to eat. I saw that my bin was full, so I went down to empty it. Now, this is a classic textbook way of getting locked out. Mm. This is why I like oh, it right, first yeah, and yeah. foremost. Um, as I entered the garage area be- uh, between the main front door and the glass entrance door, the entrance door slammed shut uh, right behind me. In that moment, I realised to my horror that I didn't have my keys on me, and so there I stood, phoneless, shoeless, and beltless. That becomes important later on, so bear with me. Uh, wearing only jeans, socks, and a 2007-8 Port Vale away shirt. Nice. Now, in most houses, this wouldn't be a problem, and in fact, my actual room wasn't locked. However, Belgian students tend to return home on most weekends rather than stay in Brussels, probably due to the fact that it doesn't take very long to get anywhere in a country so small. Mm. And to my utter disbelief in that moment, every single one of the ten other rooms was unoccupied. (laughs) I also had no phone to contact the landlord and also didn't know the number off by heart anyway. Never mind, I thought, I'll just hop on the bus to a mate's house and crash there till tomorrow when everyone returns and I can get back in. Then my heart fell, and my heart felt like it fell through the floor as I realised that this was not an option. Before heading down to empty the bin, I had left a pot of pasta on the hob for dinner. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Oh no! Now it was He's not do or his die. Pasta. It won't. It's do or die, Pete. According to David, <laughs> now or never. Either I get in that flat, or Brussels shall burn. <laughs> my ham-fisted attempt to pick the lock lasted five seconds, whereupon the piece of metal I was using snapped off inside the lock itself. So you ruined it for everyone else. Yeah, now I had the added bonus of not being able to enter the room, even if I had turned up with the key <laughs> or someone else turned up with it for me. <laughs> Fortunately, my my flat looks out over the road and was only on the first floor, around five meters up. So I looked around the garage for some sort of ladder. There was nothing there that could help me except a few tables. So I sprinted down to the corner shop and asked a rather perplexed guy behind the counter, using my then rudimentary French, whether he had a ladder. Thankfully, he did. And after considering, um, convincing him that I wasn't going to run off with it and leaving him my driving license as some sort of ersatz deposit, <laughs> I hurried back to the flat. It was no use. The ladder simply wasn't long enough. And that's what happened to me when I was locked out. Mm. By now, I was in full despair mode, but then I saw a group of people leave their house a few doors down. I abandoned all inhibition and begged them for help, and we quickly put a plan together. What are the options? Call the fire brigade, maybe. That was probably going to cost me a lot of money, so I filed that under last resort. (laughs) Find a longer ladder? Good idea. So me and my saviours trudged off to the local hotel, a Hilton no less, to try and find one. A a, a longer le ladder. Yeah, exactly. Le ladder. Le ladder. 
Um, I don't know what ladder is in French. Yeah. Um, inex- nor did David, probably. Inexplicably, no one had a ladder to lend us, although I do admit they may well have been lying as to not give away valuable hotel equipment to some deranged <laughs> English football supporter. And so we returned to the flat. The first good news in a while came in the form of a man on his balcony directly opposite my flat. He had eyes on the pot of pasta. (laughs) (laughs) I was able to confirm that, no, it wasn't burning yet, but he'd keep an eye on it. (laughs) Racked with despair with my problems... Your regard la pasta. (laughs) Yeah. Racked with despair and with my problem-solving abilities reduced to that of an infant child, it was left to my group of helpers to formulate a plan. They had a bit of a brainwave, putting one table on top of two other tables and then the ladder on top of that. Oh, it was yeah. rickety, it was horrendously unsafe, but it might just work. It's like a bloody WrestleMania, isn't I know. it? It's like a Royal Rumble. It sure is. And so I scaled the, god- the god-awful contraption in an attempt to reach my window. <laughs> I could get there with my hands, but A, I was shaking uncontrollably. B, my weak forearms probably wouldn't have had the strength <laughs> to pull me up anyway. And C, even if they did, my lack of waist or belt protection would have resulted in me losing my jeans <laughs> and giving everybody an eyeful, which was a small price to pay, admittedly. I couldn't do it, I just couldn't do it, so I clambered back down in shame before i knew it the smallest guy in my group of helpers sped up the ladders while his girlfriend covered her eyes loudly and asked what the re- and asked the rest of the group for god's sake he's gonna fall why is he helping out this english idiot <laughs> he was compact he was agile he was bloody well quick he got to the top pulled himself up and slipped through the window like a champion gymnast the cremated remains of my rigatoni made the whole house smell of smoke for at least a week but at least everything was safe as I accompanied my saviour downstairs and back outside, he had to remind me to put the entrance door on the latch. As with the lock broken, I wouldn't be able to get back in. Uh, I'll be back where I started three hours ago. <laughs> Imagine if he'd done it again. This enhanced my sense of stupidity and shame uh, to levels it has fortunately never reached again. We said our goodbyes. They laughed at me for a bit and even invited me to a party they were having later. I said they would think about it uh, and I wanted to buy them all the crate of beer for their assistance. However, in truth, I could barely look at any of them in the eye. So I wallowed in self-pity in my room. I reckon that must have been a bit of a regret because that probably would have been a fun little party, I reckon. In a vain attempt to forget one of the most traumatic experiences of my life. There we go. Good good on you, Dave. That's a great story. I hope I I did it justice. I would have asked the hotel for seven or eight um, um, ironing boards. Yeah. And just put them on top of each other. Well, the the problem is, I think, even when I use the ladder to get up into my attic, and it's a good solid ladder, and I Mm. rest it against a a a sort of um, a closet we've got on on the landing, it's still not that safe. Uh, And even with the ladder stuck into the carpet, which you give it a bit of grip, you still really have to get someone to hold it. In a carpet? Yeah, you still need someone at the bottom of the ladder, don't you? So that, I mean, Pete, you would be good at that stuff, because you're quite small and lithe. Yeah, I've I've climbed up things, jumped off things. I used to do that quite a lot after nights out. So dangerous Um, in Leicester. We used to climb up um, fire escapes in the centre of town and run across the roofs. Yeah, that is um, dangerous. Right across. But it was fascinating. Like I I think we were um, very much the precursor to parkour. Uh, enthusiasts, but we were drunk and we didn't really jump over anything. No, okay, right. But we'd, we'd, we'd make our way from one side of the town to the other, which you can do. And then I found an abandoned car full of old porn. Oh, isn't it never more than a few minutes away from you turning it south? What do you, what, it's not south, just mentioning what an interesting find after a night out. My friend, uh, a house party we had, slid off the roof on purpose mm. onto the roof terrace, but it went, things went awry mm. and he ended up breaking his coccyx. Oh. That's bad. That that never that never writes itself. No, and he had to um, he had to lie on his front with frozen peas on the base of his spine <laughs> for a few days. On his bum bum. Just see yeah. what it was. On yeah, his bum bum. But, but you know what? One at one point, I guess he didn't realise that the peas in the middle of the night had slid down the side of the bed. Oh no! So the bed was next to the wall, and then obviously there was a horrendous stinking smell like a week later. Oh, peas! Ri- like, oh yeah. my yeah. word! That's so dreadful. It, it just got worse and worse. <laughs> um, talking about um, um, really awkward um, British things. Uh, hello to Dan Button, who is a friend of uh, a couple oh, of podcasts. Dan Love Button's bit, always Dan. getting in touch. Nice to he's, hear from him. Um, I think he's always getting in touch, but he's certainly a very talented artist. I know that for a fact. Uh, and his email sign-off says "sent from my Motorola Razor." Which I quite like. What's that? Remember those, little, remember those old oh, ones? The really, razor, the really thin ones. Really thin ones with a, with a futuristic button. Iconic. That's yeah. got to come back at some point, is, if it, indeed it hasn't. Well, up there with the, in terms, of, in terms of iconic phones, up there with this Matrix one that you press the button, the Nokia, and it flicked open. <laughs> yes. That was great. <gasps> oh, my word. Um, yes, to, uh, giving directions to people. I was once approached by two attractive American ladies while walking near the South Bank a few years ago who asked me where the Thames was. Nice. It took me a few seconds to work out what they were talking about. Uh, they meant the Thames, obviously, and uh, I didn't have the heart to correct them. Instead, leaving them the opportunity for someone else to enjoy a Thames moment later on during their trip to London. So I simply replied, oh, the Thames? Yeah, it's just down there. 
<laughs> the same. And also, um, somebody uh, was in a meeting with uh, Dan uh, this week uh, at work, and someone asked, what were those CD library things? To which I replied, Men Carter. Yes. <laughs> Instead of N Carter. So but there our, we go. Our mission should be... We've ruined um, it. To change the name of it in, in retrospect. Um, I once was asked by a tourist, um, I don't know where they're from, probably American, possibly Canadian, this was years ago, uh, how to get to Leicester Square. Nice. I mean, that's a that's a that's a that's a classic, isn't it? Really, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Leicester Square. It is spelled like that, isn't it? Yeah. So. I, there's no reason why. So it went um, Edinburgh. Well, the English language is very fascinating for that because you've got, in a way, I sort of think that I know everyone speaks English and it's everywhere in pop music and films and TV, mm. so that makes it easier. But I think if you're learning English as a second or third language. There's a lot of interesting stuff to get your head around. Yeah. Like, I mean, especially place names. I mean, near, near, near where I'm from, there's, um, there are two train stations. Mm. One spelled C-O-S-H-A-M, Cosham, mm. and the other spelled B-O-S-H-A-M, but that's pronounced Bosom. I just, I, I, that's it's the thing. inexplicable. It's, it's inexplicable. And also, yeah, I, I um, occasionally have to do the travel on the radio and the amount of abuse I get from Southerners oh, yeah. getting upset about um, Southern names that I've never yeah. heard before. Yeah. I'm like, I, well, I don't know what that is. Well, London. Hammersmith. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my friend, my friend uh, he's, he's a producer of the BBC now um, and he used to be on BBC Radio London mm. and he used to read the news. And apparently he used to get, he's from uh, a place called Blackrod, which I think is near right. Bolton in Lancashire. And he used to get dogs abuse every time he read the news yeah. from people with nothing better to do, saying, like texting in, tweeting in, saying, Why have you got a northerner reading BBC Radio London <laughs> News? It's like, You should be a Londoner. And nice. Like, what are you ta- what are you- why do you care? What are you talking about? <laughs> what a prick. Yeah, I know, right? What a load of pricks. Yeah. Um, Nathan in Manchester, we were talking about it's This is kind of a mixture between uh, crappy jobs and street heroes to a certain extent. Right. Um, just. Characters. Characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nathan says, uh, from Manchester. All right, chaps, just thought I'd point you in the direction of a rich seem to be minding that mixes classic Luke and Pete uh, tropes, uh, town odd balls and shit jobs. Uh, the first <laughs> topic was uh, at Tesco in the stock control department. The, I was the chump who put the reduced stickers on the, uh, on the produce. Oh, I used to do when that. It, what, you, so in, the little yellow stickers on in, the... Um... In supermarkets, um, yeah, I used to work at... I, I worked for a long time at Safeway, but when I was at Asda, mm. part of my job would be... I used to have a thing... People listening who, who worked at Asda will remember it. They probably don't do it anymore. Called a whoop sticker. Whoop. Oh, so like a whoops. A whoops, you've dropped it or something. Dropped the oh, price. Yeah. Um, it's like a gun. Yeah. And you stick things. Yeah. Yeah. I've done it. I know the job well. I know yeah. It. yeah. But, but, it, but basically, um, I, I think it's become a bigger thing, though. It's, it's become part of supermarket life before, before it really didn't. There used to be a little shelf with yellow stickers on. Now, just yellow stickers everywhere. everywhere and yeah. and um, people, you know, they... they, 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 they Turn up at like five o'clock in the afternoon just to get these yellow stickers. But the way, it was never yeah. that was never a thing when I was growing up. No, the way it used to work at Asda it used to be if you had like a few, few bits and pieces, you check the dates on the on the, the dairy stuff, Aye. and if it was a day to go, you'd whoops it. Whoops. But, if it but if there was a load of say there had been a mistake made or whatever, and there was a massive batch of them out the back, mm. you would then take the whole batch. If it was a big big unit of them, you'd put them on that that special shelf you're talking right, about. Right. Okay. So it's well, like a, a two pronged attack. <laughs> a two pronged attack. Well, basically, um, he is the guy who, who did the yellow stickers, um, but he sort of halfway through the shift, you realise that you're going to be shadowed, sometimes discreetly, but more often than not, infuriatingly, infuriatingly, obviously, for the entirety of your four-hour shift. Just people following you around because they know you're, that whoops you're, the, you're the whoopsie guy. Yeah, yeah. You're the whoopsie yellow sticker guy. What supermarket is it, as he said? Uh, Tesco's. Tesco's. Okay, right. Um, basically, um, yeah. Uh, a couple of this with the second epiphany that there is a direct correlation between people that go to Tesco every day in an attempt to save often feebly small amounts on prepackaged salad, a reduction stay, and people on the fringes of society, <laughs> you've got yourself a rubbish job, effectively. Yeah. Uh, I'll run through a couple of regulars. Old Jim, uh, a man that spoke like the Warner Brothers character uh, Porky Pig. Nice. I can't remember how Porky Pig spoke. It's, it was like... Um... He certainly speaks like this, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, uh, the, the Sherpas, two tiny Chinese women who would uh, physically climb into the redu- reduction uh, fridge. They'd climb into the fridge. Uh, to check the top of the uh, fridge um, to quell their thirst for a bargain. I've attached a picture of this. My missus never believed me when I told her this, so it felt good to be vindicated when I saw one of them at it again recently. Um, I do like the way... I, w- I would usually think that was a little bit racist, but I was thinking, no, they're climbing into a cold place and Sherpas are <laughs> yeah, from but, Nepal, so yeah, but it kind of works. But he also says they're Chinese. Yeah, well... So it is a little bit racist. Well... China have differing opinions about who owns Nepal. Let's not get into that. Maybe he's a a Chinese uh, nationalist. Uh, Mr. Gray, 
uh, and every man who won an Arsene Wenger-style sleeping bag jacket, undoubtedly the most sneaky of the regulars, often whipping a newly reduced item directly out of your hand and vanishing into the ether of the dairy aisle. <laughs> there are literally about 20 more that I could go through. We should do top trumps yeah. of people, <laughs> yeah. the yellow sticker fans. Uh, sticker fans. Um, needless to say, I moved on. They now do reductions in the back to avoid mob violence. Yeah, I, I would, I would be happens. interested to hear of other stock control regulars. Uh, I'm convinced this is the same everywhere. Thank you, Nathan, in Manchester. I quite enjoyed working. In, yeah, thanks, Nathan. I, I quite enjoyed working in supermarkets. It was one of the most rewarding jobs I've done. <laughs> what? It was good. What next to doing this? We're helping people out and like being making an actual positive contribution. Yeah, because you're a tall man. You're only asked, you're the bloke who fetches stuff from the top shelf. That's the only thing you used to do. You were just all ladies. You were just helping out all ladies. Well, part of my job was actually every Tuesday, I think it was, uh, this blind man would come in and I'd have to help him with his shop. Well, there you go. You're making a, you're making a, con- a positive contribution to society. Mm. That's what I liked. It. Yeah. Super yeah, but towers, I'd yeah. be the one, because di- you're, you're, um, you're a tall man, so you'd be doing that sort of thing. You'd be doing the physical labour. I'd be the front-facing PR guy because I worry about what people think about me, and you yeah. don't. So, Well, um, one of the things I did used to do, actually, and I'm not going to say which supermarket it was because I worked at a few, um, I used to, one of the supermarkets I worked at food. was pretty big. Well, yeah. I mean, come on. Not, come on now. That's not a revelation, is it? I used to work in a sandwich factory who's eating the food. Yeah. Just, just um, like a big tray full of dried bacon, just jamming that in your mouth. <laughs> jamming that in your mouth while you're making the uh, egg grenades. I wonder why you get these stomach problems these days. I really do. But, <laughs> it's very salty you know, down there. One of the supermarkets I worked at was massive, and on a Sunday, um, it would be a skeleton staff yeah. back then, and it would obviously be, there'd be a lot of people there because it's a big supermarket. Sometimes you're able to come in at, say, your 10 o'clock start time, Go and speak to your boss. Mm. And my job would literally be to go around the store, making sure the promotions were full mm. and all that sort of stuff. That would be it. Mm. Sometimes I'd go in at 10, say, oh, yeah, I'm here. And I'd make sure everything was f- stocked up and full. Mm. And I think, well, it's probably going to take maybe 45 minutes to an hour now mm. for them to be, to, for, the, for the stock to go down. Mm. I used to leave. Just leave. Go and do other stuff. Do <laughs> And come back an hour later. No, no, <laughs> people would just assume you're somewhere else in the store. Right, yeah, yeah. So, so it yeah, it's a bit, yeah. You have a little nap behind the tins. And if, so, yeah, and if someone said, yeah, I did that as well. <laughs> so, oh, flashback. But sometimes you would get someone saying, oh, by the way, we called you over the PA, but you didn't, you didn't respond. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, I was in the freezer or whatever. I can hear you. Yeah. <laughs> I was in the freezer. Yeah. I used to do um, uh, making up, uh, not, not stock, stock um, picking. Yeah. For um, like the big factory, like the big refrigerated factories um, behind what the uh, actual supermarkets get sent. So you'd be in this big refrigerated thing with pump trucks. Oh, right. Um, carrying around bloody 25 kilograms worth of produce. And you'd be order picking for the supermarkets at the, at the big oh, uh, kind of uh, at source, basically. At source, yeah, fascinating. And they used to play Leicester Sound. And they... Gabrielle used to come dreams? around dreams? every... No, not even Dreams. One of our more unloved songs. Walk on uh, by? Would, would you cover on, that? Yeah. I'm got. Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, I can't remember the song, but one of her one of her smaller hits. They used to just go around every half an hour. It used to drive me mad. Yeah, she she definitely did a cover of "Walk on By." I'm gonna look up her discography now, Pete. Some of the Gabrielle, the big Gabrielle singles. So, I'll give me a little more time. Could give have been, me just a little more time. No, 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 no. That is, give me a little more time. I need to make up my mind. Oh, yes. That is it might, that yeah, is it, I thought it was like Dear Life or something like that. that what about that. Out of Reach? Out of Reach. That's another one. That was another stinker that they used to play a lot. Yeah. Oh, disgusting. Did she also do, oh, no, that was, Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda or whatever it was. That was Beverly Knight. Oh, I always quite liked. Right. She's, very, she's still got a career, Beverly Knight. She's very does a lot of, She does a lot of um, chores. The Shaws. Um, and I also had, just briefly before we move on, I also had a job doing um, as the... Bodyguard de- work for... As, no, you know, as the deliveries. Oh, home well, like delivery. Home delivery. When, when it, it first started. Yeah, in 2001, 2002, right. something like that, when it was very, very yeah, new yeah. as a concept. Um, that was quite a good job, because as soon as you finish your deliveries, you could just go home. Yeah. And I used to get given a van. And I was at uni at the time, so it was great to have a little van to drive around. It, admittedly, it was a massive Asda van. And it was the fridge in the back. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, ladies, I've got, <laughs> got a sleeping bag in the back. I'm parking that in the club. <laughs> um, well, we've kind of reached the end of the show, unbelievably. Can, can I do a quick one? All right, then. This is from uh, Rotisserie Alex. Oh, hello, Rotisserie Alex. Yeah, we can't let that go, go by. Can't let that pass by us. Can't let, can't let that rotate slowly in her own juices. <laughs> can't let that walk on by. Um, Rotisserie Alex says, Hi, gents. It's Thanksgiving time in the US. US um, at the time of recording, and thus the busiest time of the year at Whole Foods, which is where she obviously works. She's mm. our official uh, rotisserie and Whole Foods um, store uh, correspondent. Mm. She says, I've got a red apron that says, ask me anything, which prompts all sorts of questions <laughs> about the answer to life, the meaning of life, 42, ha ha ha, and other stupid things. That being said, if anyone needs to know the turkey to people ratio, I'm on it. 
What do you mean? I was in like in the store. Or... Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, tell um, us. Let us know. She says, "Rotisserie Alex, California Energizer." What? <laughs> and that's what, how we like to sign off. We had yeah. so many emails this week, and we haven't got through them. It's incredible. Um, so uh, what I would say is that Whole Foods is weird in America. It's like a place where people do their shop. That's right. But here, it's, it's like expensive. expensive food. Do you remember I bought when we when we were doing um, an episode of this show a couple of months ago, mm. and we were in, still in the old studio, and that was a bit early. So I went to mm. Whole Foods because um, my wife's massively into um, Thai chili crackers. Yes. And it's not like the only place you can yeah, get Yeah, they're really nice. Yeah, they're expensive. Mm. Right. I bought a couple of boxes of those. I can't remember how much they were, but expensive. And I bought a donut each for you and I. Mm. Do you remember? You don't remember, uh, do No. The donuts were £3.50 each. That's disgraceful, isn't each. it? Each. <laughs> and I appreciated every it's bite. Unbelievable. Oh, it was remarkable. But yeah, Whole Foods, I don't think is quite... I think it is seen as still quite expensive, mm. but it's not as bad as it is here. No, exactly. And yeah, you know. <laughs> Good. Uh, Marcus Speller from the Footwear will just turn up with his top off. There we go. He's a very hairy man. What an Easter egg for Luke what and Pete Show this. What an Easter egg. Uh, can, I, can I finish with a final bit of um, Carter? Go for it. Let there be justice for all. Let there be peace for all. It's one small step for man. You don't understand. Willie was a salesman. Say simply, very simply, with hope. Good morning. Um, uh, have you seen this um, thing in Lebanon? That building there. Wow, let me have a look. It looks like... It it's a fascia of a building. Yeah, it looks like a fascia or a facade, if you will. Um, it's basically just the front of a building. Uh, and um, two brothers each inherited a plot from their father. Um, road infrastructure partly reclaimed one of the areas. So the owner of that plot built a thin building in 1954 on the available um, piece of land so that it blocks his brother's building sea view. Which will what? eventually lead to the decrease of his sibling's plot, which How is fantastic. Pity. How so, pity yeah, that is. It's fantastic. Uh, it's called, uh, in Arabic, uh, the Albasa, uh, the grudge. Very nice. <laughs> I had no idea that existed. Isn't that fantastic? Great so stuff, We'll, we'll that in. A, a late and quick entry. I'd like to apologise for you. When you use the word my wife, I go, my wife. And yeah. that's from the Adam Buxton podcast. And I don't even listen to it that much. And that's from Borat, isn't it? What? It's originally from Borat. Oh, yeah, no, but like, uh, well, yeah. Oh, yes. I, I think that's a good example of uh, kind of parallel thinking, maybe. Conversion my evolution. My wife, conversion evolution. Yeah, yeah but I, go, I don't yeah. even listen to it that much. But it's stuck in my head, and I can't stop doing it. Um, in a, in a, in, a, in a mission that will probably get me absolutely no credit whatsoever. I have never listened to that show. Not a single good. second of it. Maybe very, I should. It's very good. It's Maybe very I good. should. You have some great guests. If you are listening, Adam, uh, do get us on. <laughs> Bit of cross promotion. <laughs> yeah. Who did yeah, you have, he, who'd have he, last week? He, Nelson Mandela, Barack <laughs> Obama. Have you heard of Luke and Pete? Yeah, I'll give Mark Maron a ring. Uh, it's, it's, oh, there's a builder in my house at the moment uh, doing me um, uh, shower up and. Uh, he looks like Mark Maron. But it could be. And I keep thinking it's Mark Maron. Could be him. Morning, Mark. Um, we've had Rick Herbert's on. We could have Adam Buxton on as well. <laughs> Let's get out of here. Thank you for joining us this uh, evening, afternoon, morning, whatever you are listening to this. Um, yeah, we'll see you next week. We'll see you next week. And I'm, I'm off to the US, so we'll have some good tales to tell when I come back. Hopefully. Hot dog jumping frog. We'll see you next time. on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365 day returns when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.